you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we travel to Sky Clan territory, enter the bulwark, and fight our first tremor tusk. Welcome to episode 55 of Lightkeeper Protocol. To Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop Tart. Hello. Yes, and I would like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. We'd love to hear what you have to say uh, about the show and about the game. Love to hear your thoughts. A little later, we'll give you our info on how you can reach out to us and let us know what you think. Um, Let's do a quick recap. What did we talk about last time while we were back on track with the main quests? And uh, we made our way to the Memorial Grove. We met Deco. We met Hikaru, one of the very few individuals in this world that Aloy can't intimidate, it seems. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. (laughs) Um, So, And uh, he told us that in order for us to get to Aether, which is apparently in a chamber underneath the throne, we are going to have to go north to the Sky Clan and get their commander to send uh, their contestants for something called the Root, which is a ritual that will turn regular Tanakh into marshals. So that is where we are headed uh, at the beginning of this episode. And before we get into our thoughts on that, let's just uh, listen to this scenario. Aloy arrives at Stonecrest to meet with Katalo. When she arrives, he's overlooking a cliff watching Regalo's rebels move machines through the valley. Katalo has been instructed by Hikaru to help Aloy reach the bulwark, the Sky Clan capital, and convince Commander Takote to send his soldiers to the Kulrut. Katalo is not optimistic about their chances and doesn't think Aloy will make a difference. After passing through the valley and past some of Regalo's rebels, they finally reach the Bulwark, a massive wall made of boulders that has protected the capital of the Sky Clan for centuries. It has never been penetrated. The only way in is a single elevator that is controlled from the inside of the Bulwark. Once inside, Takote greets them with a snarky attitude. Takote makes it clear that he has no intentions of sending his soldiers to the Culvert as long as his clan is safe behind the Bulwark. Katalo believes the only way to resolve this problem is to kill Takote, but Aloy has a different idea. She inspects the wall of the bulwark and finds there is a tank with a power cell stuck inside. She forms a plan to get a cannon from a rebel camp, then use it to blow up the power cell. At the rebel camp, the cannon she needs is present, but it's mounted to a trimmer tusk, a combat class machine that looks like a great mammoth. After taking down the Tremor Tusk and the Rebels, Aloy and Katalo head back with the cannon. Aloy gives Takote one more chance to comply, but he doesn't, and she destroys the tank's power cell, creating an explosion that causes a portion of the bulwark to collapse. With no other choice, 
Takote reluctantly sends his soldiers to join the culvert. Alright, so we're still on the Broken Sky main quest, and, you know, like I said, we had to go from the Grove up to the Sky Clan territory. We actually have to meet Marshal Catalo in a place called Stonecrest. And uh, yeah, Stonecrest, it was a outpost built during the clan wars to guard the entrance to the Bone White Tear, which is the valley, uh, I guess that you can consider the, the heart of the Sky Clan territory. So, but that's like, we'll, we'll dig into the Bone White Tear and a couple other things uh, later on. But now the clan wars are over, it's just a settlement. And it, the wiki says it's one of the larger Sky Clan settlements. But it's not that large. How many Sky Clan settlements are there? In the game itself? Yeah. I feel like off the top of my head, I only remember two. That's what I was thinking, would be, yeah. Which would be Stonecrest and then that other one that I didn't find into the into the game. Uh, which I cannot <laughs> remember the, the name of. Uh, but yeah, those are the two settlements. There was one that used to be a settlement but now it's abandoned like in, there's like a quest there mm-hmm. but other than that like i don't really recall any others and so i mean obviously there could be a bunch of imaginary settlements that we never <laughs> see <laughs> you true, know what I'm saying? so uh that's that's the thing but it's considered one of the larger ones and i mean i feel like the the, the other settlement not the bulwark itself that's the capital Right. But this other settlement is either the same size or a little larger than that. I mean, yeah, it's kind of small. And it's, I mean, thinking about it, you do have to go like up into it, but it's not built vertically, like kind of how like Plainsong is, right? Where you have right, multiple yeah. levels. It's just, it goes up because it's at like a higher vantage point, not because it has layers to it. It feels like more like a campsite. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's the thing. Like if you, if you get too close to the edge, like you'll just like, you know, you sneeze and you'll fall off. Like that's what it kind of feels like. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's what I was like, Oh, I guess so. But you know, that's the wiki girl could change it to whatever they want, but you know, True. the wiki has been real. The wiki has been good to us. So I can't just downplay <laughs> it. Um, but I, I do think it's of note that to say that the, you know, the Sky Clan lives in what we now know as Yosemite National Park. Uh, and that's confirmed in a data point you find later on, which actually we'll talk about it here in, in a little bit. Uh, on my way to Stonecrest, I ran into another Apex Claw Strider, and it also it had black armor. Huh. So I think Apex Claw Striders might be the only... Uh, apex predator or apex machine that actually has black armor interesting yeah i didn't run into anything i just ran straight there yeah um so yeah i was like man okay okay i'm I'm still on the hunt for other for other machines with dark armor because i really want that to be true you know what it is (laughs) they put all the designs in and then they were like wait we have this comic coming out and we had to at least make the claw strider look like what it is in the comic Right, yeah. So, well, at least they did that part. They gave us that part. So, um, now on the path, I did run into some of Regala's Rebels. And I got to say, because right before this, I got myself a, a, a claw strider, actually an acid claw strider from down in the uh, the lowland area. They're in the rain trace. Mm-hmm. And I've been riding on that. 
And I got to say, man, having a cost rider mount is so much better than having a charger mount if you're going to go into battle. Like, the charger mount, you might actually lose that in a fight. Like, mm-hmm. there, there is a chance that you might actually lose your, your, your charger. But the cost rider, man, like, they barely scratched that thing and it really messed them up. Like, it's like having, it's like having an additional person there. Yeah, I've actually only rode a claw strider when I don't want to say the game forces you, but you're in a spot where like you really don't have any other options. If you want to go mounted, you have to have a claw strider. So that's like pretty. Yeah, that's that's further in the game. If I hint to it, it'll spoil it. But (laughs) it's like really further in the game. So I wrote it and I was like, wow, this is so slow. I'm never doing this again. I didn't even think about taking them into battle. That's what I was thinking about. I don't know if riding the claw strider is actually slower or does it feel slower? Or does slower? it feel slower? Because it might have like longer strides or something. That's what I'm thinking. I I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe that's something I would have to look up because there's riding a charger and riding a bristleback feels roughly the same. I feel like uh, riding a charger feels slightly faster. Than a bristleback? Yeah, but it could just be the same thing. I have this thing in in Final Fantasy as well. Like, there's so many mounts in the game, but they all run at the same speed. But some mounts, right. because of how big they are, just look like they're going so slow, even though it's the same speed. So it might right. be I the mean, same thing. That's a, that's a problem with a bunch of games. Like, for example, Apex Legends have... I don't know if they fixed it. Uh, I do remember that the, the Drop and Spicy guys were talking about how some legends feel slower because they're bigger, like they're bigger mm-hmm. models, but they're running the same exact speed as everybody else. Uh, so maybe it's because the bristleback is bigger. The charger is, is one of the smaller of the, of the rideable machines. And that's another thing. The claw striders, the claw striders are actually pretty, pretty they're small tall machines. They're the claw. I think they're not they're, as, t- you think the claw striders are tiny? Kind of. Yeah. In comparison. To like, what? Like so, a charger. They're they're like taller, maybe, but like and longer. Well, like because of their tails. Yes, it's a part of their body. <laughs> <laughs> I just they're don't taller think, and longer. I don't think they're they're bigger. Like if you were to weigh a claw strider. <laughs> so by weight, they're not any bigger. Yeah. I was gonna say because if they're taller and longer. No. <laughs> What? How would they not but be like a bigger, bigger in like total mass, not just like bigger as in we're going atomic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters here. Okay, all all sizes in 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 uh, in mass now from now on. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not sure if the wiki is going to be able to help us there. So. Shoot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there is that, you know. It's, a, it's just not like a rebel camp. It's just like, you know, some rebels are attacking some Sky Clan, and you, I got off the mountain. I helped them out. And um, that attack is not that far from Stonecrest, but they don't do anything to really signal that they were attacking Stonecrest. Like, they weren't, you know, they, there was no dialogue or anything like that to, to, to make you think that that's what they were trying to do, attack Stonecrest. So... They were just some rebels fighting. There, maybe they just maybe they just wanted to break up the monotony of travel. Was it <laughs> was it still in lowland territory? No, this no. is oh, almost okay. r- not right outside of Stonecrest. I want to say you know 
maybe 30 meters outside of Stonecrest, maybe okay. 50 meters. I don't use the metric system. I was so going to say know. what? <laughs> I, games, you travel in meters. That's why I said meters. So I'm still, I'm still learning. You, <laughs> I'm it's just, more I'm universal. It's more universal. That's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we should totally be using the metric system, but this is America. Like we're not using it. I can't eyeball a meter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So after that, you know, you make it into Stonecrest, and once again, it's not very impressive. Actually, like. There's two ways to get into it. Like you go left and it takes you down and then there's some steps you can go up. But if you go right, like they literally just put two logs across these two rocks and that's how you get across. Like you would have to walk across the logs to get into Stonecrest. So I think there might, there possibly might be a third entrance from like, like a, a little cavern or something like that. But I don't think I went over there. I don't but, even remember. Yeah. I just like walked up. I think I walked up from a really weird angle because the way I explore is just never a straight path. Yeah. So Aloy, when, when you get in there, um, you can meet with Katala or you can go to one of the few shops that they have there. You can do that. They do have some shops for you to to re uh, what's the resupply re, re up re up. Yeah. There is a rumor there though. Like yeah, if you there is a rumor there. You know what I noticed rewatching this and i saw this in other places is with the rumors they will obviously like record their intro dialogue like when they're talking to you but then have a completely different recording for when they're giving you the rumor right which duh obviously but there's so many instances in the game where the volume don't does not match right yeah like this was one of them like you could it just did did not flow <laughs> at all yeah, I will chalk that up to... I, I didn't have it happen here, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I've had it happen in other areas. There was one very specific one that it happened, like, the worst, but this one I was, like, slightly noticeable. Got, okay, yeah. So I, th I think this rumor told me about a rebel camp. I think that's what she told me. This one she uh, talked about a tall neck. Oh, okay. I had already... I you, don't, I did that. You did that one. Yep. 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 Okay. So yeah. Well, we'll we'll come back around to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you go to meet Katalo, he is looking over a cliff. He's watching Regala's rebels travel, and he says they've been moving machines through the valley for days. And you know, later on, he actually tells you they've been getting reports of her, the rebels herding machines through various parts of the clan land. And he says uh, when they override the machines, it's not permanent. So they herd them into camps and at the camps, they do something to make the control permanent. Now there is a camp that you, a rebel camp you can do that. We're going to talk about later that it shows you the process they go through to make the, uh, override permanent. If you have already done that, when you get here, Aloy will mention that. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll be like, Oh, I've been to the camps and, I've seen they have they do have a process to make the to make the overrides permanent. Yeah. So she will say something. I think it adds another dialogue to Katalo, maybe to Aloy later as well, where they'll bring up like while while the rebels are scrapping uh for parts, it's they they'll bring up the fact that they're trying to get more parts for overrides. Hmm. So um the thing <sighs> Well, we'll talk about it, but the thing about that camp that kind of frustrated me, too, 
is when I saw the permanent override. I was like, oh, maybe they'll give me, like, I'll have some type of <laughs> knowledge or something. How do you permanent overrides nope. after this? Nope. Nope. Not happening. So, well, like I said, we'll come back to that. He says that he, they're also trying to override larger machines as well, which that's an omen for later. Um, so, uh, but he says he was instructed to help her reach the bulwark so he, she can speak with Takote, who's the commander of the Sky Clan. But he doesn't believe it's going to help that much. Uh, essentially, he tells Aloy that the bulwark has never been breached. It's made up of, like, massive boulders. And, you know, behind the bulwark, Takote believes he's invulnerable. And, you know, Katalo's uh, like, I don't see how an outlander and a maimed marshal are going to change his mind. And, you know, he also mentions that Takote uh, wants the chieftain for himself. But he's a coward, so what he does, he just bides his time, and he waits for his weakens, uh, uh, enemies to weaken each other, which mirrors what um, uh, Hikaru Hikaru said. said. Yeah, yeah, that you know, this guy uh, Takote wants Regala and Hikaru to fight, and whoever is weaker at the end, whoever is the victor, is going to be weaker, and that's when he's going to attack. We call that a third party in some games. So. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what he wants to do. He wants the third party, uh, the Tanakh. So, but uh, Aloy brings up the embassy and gives her condolences uh, for the other marshals. And Katala is like, the deaths will not go unpunished. And you know, Aloy is like, oh, you're still healing. He's like, well, I'll never heal, but I, it won't stop me from cracking the skulls that need it. And she's like, oh, I'm glad you're on my side. You know, this is during that you know you can ask additional questions type of dialogue, right? <laughs> yeah, and um. You know, Katalo says the bulwark is to the southwest, so either way, they'll have to fight Regala's troops along the way or sneak past. So, you know, that's what we kind of have to do to get to the bulwark. There's only a few locations where there are actual rebels. Right. Two yeah. to be exact, yeah, I think. I, I, think that I, I do believe there's only two. I think it's just two. Yeah, and it's like, okay, um... You can sneak past, I guess, if you really want to, but why do that? <laughs> why sneak past when you can kill everybody? Right, exactly. <laughs> My mentality is why sneak past when there's a chance of like you making a noise or doing something stupid and they see you. you're doing extra work. You might as well just, you know, kill them at, to begin with so you don't have to worry about it. That is true. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, while you're moving toward the bulwark, Aloy and Katala, they can talk a bit. Uh, Aloy asks how he would convince uh, Takote to send his challengers, and he's like, I wouldn't. And he says that the Tanakh respect the blade and the strength of the fighter who wields it. If you don't have that, you're no good. And it sounds like he's just talking about himself, you know, which, I mean, it'll make sense. You know, he did lose an arm pretty badly, but he lost an arm. uh, And, you know, that, that signals weakness. To the Tanakh that, oh, you know, they don't see it as, oh, this guy lost an appendage, you know, fighting for us or whatever. They Mm -hmm. see it as, oh, he can't fight as well as he used to. Right. You know, rough life in the Tanakh. And I I was thinking about this, too, because of the the kid that got blinded, because I was like, oh, well, they let, you know, Katala live. But after thinking about it, like. It's a completely different situation. Like, what worth would that kid provide still in the clans when Katalo's still, like, 
able to do things, just not as efficiently. Right. Well, and the thing about that, another difference between Katama and that kid is that, you know, that kid was still training. He's just a kid. You know, he, yeah. he was just a kid. Whereas Katalo was a marshal. You know, he was probably one of the best the Sky Clan had to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, so like he was good. Katalo's no joke. He's still no joke when he fights with the with just the one arm. You right. know, so, yeah, it's not necessarily the same as the kid, you know. Because if you put them up against machines, because they said, you know, oh, well, when this happens, they put them against the machines in the arena and, you know, see if they can survive. He'll, he would totally be able to survive. Right. Exactly. So. But uh, so you can actually, well, uh, you know, see these questions she asks regardless, she can uh, she'll start asking about questions about the valley. And Katalo says the Sky Clan has defended it for generations against the other clans and the Karja, but he really won't go into detail. He tells you to go talk to a Kaplan, uh, oh, sorry, a chaplain for history lesson. So he doesn't, he really care too much at this point. Like, you know, he's not mean to Aloy. He's just following orders. He doesn't think this is, he doesn't think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. He's just doing what Hikaru says. He's just, Hikaru's like, oh, you know, go talk to Takote and give him some, xyz and he's like okay (laughs) this guy's not gonna listen to me and i don't know why you're sending this outlander with me so i do like the vibe of the conversation i was kind of annoyed because he's like can we go now like can we can we go now and aloy's like just one more question it's like 15 questions yeah he's like rightfully (laughs) getting annoyed and she's like no just one more question Yes, yeah. Uh, and then she keeps asking questions as you're going. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after you encounter rebels, Aloy will ask about how Regala, you know, you know, well, she'll, I shouldn't say she'll ask. She won't ask. She'll talk about how Regala could overrun this valley before Takote even realizes he's outmatched. I mean, it brings up a good point. Like, you know, he's in the bulwark. He won't come out. He thinks the bulwark is going to protect him. But in the meantime, I mean, Regala could take all of the settlements. She can control all the routes. She can do everything, right? Mm -hmm. She can cut off all of his supplies, all of his reinforcements. If they just, you know, bunker down the bulwark. If the bulwark is really that indestructible or, you know, you know. Like impenetrable. Impenetrable. Thank you. No, you're right. You're on the right track. (laughs) Impenetrable. Uh, uh, you know, Regala doesn't have to s- spend any resources attacking it. She could just chill out, you know, and just make sure they can't get any resources or reinforcement. Come, I can't like the you know once you're inside the bulwark, it doesn't necessarily look like a place where that they could sustain themselves 100. percent Oh no, I'm sure that they have to get supplies from somewhere else. Right. You know, so you know. It kind of makes Takote really looks like an idiot because it's like, yeah, the, like fine, you can hunker down in the in the bulwark for a while, but not forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said, there's only a few spots with rebels. Uh, there is one, the very first one, I believe, where if you do sneak and listen, you'll hear one of them like kind of go with the other one. Like the guy complains about his fingers being cold, and the other guy's like, "Oh, that's right, you're from the desert clan. You must be a frostbitten flower out here." <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just tells him to shut up, like you know. So, which is true. I mean, 
I, you know, the funny thing is, remember when I said before that, you know, when I, when I noted, I was like, oh, uh, these guys, these, these rebels, once you take their masks off, they have uh, Desert Clan colors on. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody I fought up here also had Desert Color Clans on. Everybody that I can recall fighting had Desert Color Clans on once you broke their masks. Like every person or just like in this area? Every person in this area, but this is oh, Sky okay. Clan territory. I mean, our, our theory was that okay, once you get to the you know to the, to the Sky Clan territory, right. the rebels like, will probably are more like because you know they'll probably have Sky Clan colors because they're more familiar with the area, right? So I was maybe wrong about that. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't. I wonder why they did that because I mean it would make more sense to put Sky Clan people back here because they're more acclimated with the. With the territory, with the climate, Mm -hmm. their fingers probably wouldn't get as cold. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they didn't want to, though, because you're putting them in. Well, they had desert clan people near the desert. I was going to say, like, there's a chance of them, you know, defecting again and going back to their clan. But that, again, desert people near the desert. So that, that I don't know. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. We'll still keep an eye on it. We'll see. See what happens when we meet the rebels in the lowland area. So, so uh, we get down to the bulwark, and it does look daunting. Like it's not just a pile of boulders. Like not just anymore. Uh, the Sky Clan has chiseled like figures and shapes into it, as well as they've colored it their clan colors to make it look more imposing. Like some type of animal, or maybe machine, or both. I can't really tell. It has a mouth. It definitely has a mouth. <laughs> like, I know it has a mouth. It does? Yeah, like, there's, like, a mouth there. Okay, I need to look that up. Yeah, so, uh, the bulwark is not a natural formation. Uh, inside, there's a data point that explains how it's created. So, during Operation Enduring Victory, the human forces were retreating from a horse in that area. And to cover their retreat, there was an airstrike called in. That airstrike hit a large rock formation and it collapsed down on itself. And that's what created the bulwark. And I think that's very important to know that it's not a natural formation. And what happened to create it because it makes more sense as to how this story plays out in the end. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, like it's it's it was it was never. You know, Mother Nature didn't make this impenetrable fortress for them. It was the the operation during victory. They can thank people for that. <laughs> thank those guys for that. So, uh, but the only way into the bulwark is a single elevator, and that has to be raised or lowered by the people inside. And in one of Fashav's data points, he talks about a trip he had to make to the bulwark, and they told him the lift was broken. And after him and his men got to the top of the uh, you know to the top to get into the bulwark Takote was like they're smirking and then he looked and he can clearly see that the lift was working perfectly fine so that story was there just kind of to paint Takote as a jerk mm-hmm. which he is mm-hmm. we'll find out more <laughs> <laughs> so uh Katalo he signals that he's there and a guard comes out uh, he says uh, that the guard says he didn't think there were any marshals left. And Catalo says that, you know, they're there to speak to the commanders. So they lower the, the ladder or that's the ladder. They lower the elevator. And on the way up, Aloy notices something sticking out of one of the boulders. But before she can really take a look, Catalo tells her 
that when they meet Kato- uh, uh, Takote, he'll do the talk. And she's like, we'll see how it goes. So I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Just Aloy things. Yeah. You know, I don't know anything about this culture, but I'm going to fix this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so inside the bulwark, it's very vertical, you know, like it's and I would honestly I would now I'm kind of thinking back at it. I would say it's probably bigger than Scalding Spear. Now that I think about it. Yeah, because like I would say the base of it is about the same size as the base of Scalding Spear, but it goes up multiple levels and it continues to widen out as it goes up each level. So it feels like it, it does feel like it's bigger than Scalding Spear. I wonder if that's not included, though, as like the settlements because it's the capital. I don't think it's included. I don't think it's considered a settlement because it's the capital. It might be. Yeah. In, oh, no, it can't be. Now, if the wiki said we got to trust the wiki. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It's the biggest one. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So it is. It is rather large on the inside. Uh, And as Aloy and Katalo move through the bulwark, they get stared at. And Katalo says that an outlander and a maimed marshal are a spectacle. And Aloy's like, "Oh, this reminds me of home." (laughs) (laughs) I felt so bad for him in this instance because like everything's still so fresh and he has to be like annoyed and embarrassed and like he doesn't even want to be there for multiple reasons and like I just especially looking back at it I'm like oh you poor thing (laughs) this is right this has to be awful for you yeah and I I do think that we forgot to mention or I I didn't mention that Katalo is Sky Clan yep yeah he he is Sky Clan so uh, this was once his home. Which makes it even you know. more embarrassing for him. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, Aloy, she's like, I don't know what was worse when they shunned me or they stared at me. And Katal's like, I'd rather be shunned. <laughs> you know, he keeps, <laughs> keeps it moving. Uh, but Aloy and Katalo, they enter to Kote's quarters. The Sky Clan's mighty son returns. Bless the ten. Your chief has demanded an immediate dispatch of all challengers to the Cool Route. We're here to make sure yours haven't gotten lost on their way to the Grove. I see. Regala must have dealt our chief a mighty blow if he's sending you two as messengers. This one defeated Regala's champion, Grutta, at the embassy. She fought honorably. I had the sense to bar our soldiers from that embassy, just as I have the sense now to keep our challengers here. If they must fight, then they will fight here, defending our walls, our clan. That wall won't protect you. Not from the machines Regala controls. They're already at your doorstep. And what do you know of the battles that the Bulwark has withstood? The blood shed upon stone. I know it wasn't meant to be used as a coward's shield. You were a great warrior once, but that was then. Tell Hakaro, with all due respect, that we will keep our challengers here for as long as we are safe behind the bulwark. I told you, words are useless with his kind. We're gonna have to kill him. It won't be easy with all his men above. Are you even listening? For as long as we are safe behind the bulwark, he said. Wait here. I need to get a closer look at that wall. What? 
die. So, you know, long story short, you know, Katalos tells Takote that he's there, there to make sure that his challenges make it to the grove. Takote is like, I'm not sending anybody as long as we're safe behind the bulwark. And if the fighters are going to fight anywhere, it's going to be here to protect the Sky Clan. And then he promptly gets, kicks them out. The most important thing here is he doesn't say the Sky Clan. He says, first, they're going to protect the wall and they're going to protect the clan. Like he puts the wall, like there's so much emphasis and importance on the wall in like the entire dialogue that he's has. Like you can see where his priorities are. That is very true. That's a good, that's a good point that he's very much like, no, we got to keep this wall up. You know? Yes. Like wall uh, first and people second, as long as the wall's safe, the people are fine, which like is flawed, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wall is supposed to protect the, protect the people, but he wants the people to protect the wall, right? <laughs> you know. Also, read as protect me in here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, he calls Katalo the clan, the Sky Clan's mighty son, and there's definitely some snark behind that, right? When he says it, uh, there is some bad blood between the two, but that's something that Katalo will dive into later. He's not, you know, we're not going to dig into that right now. And, I mean, his overall tone is pretty snarky. He says that, oh, if, if Hikaru sent you two things, must be, like, pretty bad. That's, he says that in so many words or less. And he also tells Katalo that he used to be a great warrior, but not anymore. You know, but he does it, like, with a smile and patting him on the shoulder. The shoulder <sighs> of the arm that got cut, you know. Yeah. So, but, it, I mean, he definitely has a different feel, like, you know... Like, the only other commander we've met at this point has been Yara or Draka, depending on who you picked. And I mean, there were some guards in the Desert Clan in, in Scalding Spear around the commander. But, like, he's, like, completely surrounded by guards, mm-hmm. you know, versus I think there were, like, two or three, possibly four at the most in uh, Scalding Spear. But in... And they, it just feels like he has like a whole bunch of guards sit there and protect him while he drinks and plays whatever he was with that other person. He's playing strike. Um, when I first <sighs> walked in, I thought he was playing pool and I was like, what? But no, that's kind of like the vibe it gave off. Like he walked into a pool hall, like to talk to the boss or whatever. Right. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It is very different because his area is very closed off from mm-hmm. everybody else versus Yara's. When when you went up there, it was like above everybody else, but she could overlook the entire like you know scalding spear, so it still felt more open than what's happening with uh with our friend Takote here. Um, now there is someone who looks like a chaplain there. He it's the same exact model as Jataka, but with different colors. I'm like, come on, guys. Now I don't think that's the ch- the chaplain for that for the sky clan Mm-mm. but he fits the description of a chaplain because he's old like right. that's the whole thing like the old people don't they're not warriors anymore they're chaplains even though you do meet another older um another older to knock in a side quest and he's mm-hmm. not a chaplain either but like he's clearly not a chaplain like with this guy, like he's sitting, like he's sitting there talking to the commander, like he, like you know, like you would expect the chaplain to. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe he's just an advisor, but that's like what a chaplain the chaplains is. are. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of like 
goes back to the question that I had before. Are there more chaplains that we're just not seeing? Are there more than one chaplain per clan? You know, is there like the head chaplain and then like the chaplainettes, you know? Chap- like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I wonder what qualifies as older as well, because I looked into Takote's age because of just the dynamic and some of his stories and stuff like that. And he's older. He's like 40, 50 years old. He's like 40, 50 years old. Okay. Then I'll say the chaplain, like, you know, Jataka's probably like in his 60s. Yeah. I think you he know. he looks like probably the oldest warrior that I've seen, too. Like the oldest, like active person serving. Uh, you mean Takote? Mm-hmm. You think he looks older than Hikaru? No, but he's Hikaru's not like someone. He, he, you know, he is the guy. He's not someone serving. That is true. That is very true. Uh, yeah. So I let's just say sixties for now. I mean, we could okay. probably look up Jataka's age, but <laughs> probably. we're just gonna say sixty <laughs> for, for now. I'm gonna eyeball it. You know. Uh, so. You know, like I said, he kicks them out the tent or cave or whatever you want to call that thing that they had. Um, Katalo believes the only way they're going to get this done is to kill Takote. He's like, it's not going to be easy with the guards, but hey, man, like this is what we're going to do. He was ready to was just end it. So ready. He's like, we're going to have to kill him. <laughs> like, not even a second thought, just like walking down. He's like, well, we're going to have to kill him. Might not be easy, he, but. Meh. Yeah, pretty much. That, that was how it went. So. um. But Aloy seems to have a different plan. Uh, she says she needs to take a closer look at the wall. So she clearly thinks there's a weakness there. Uh, she heads back outside to the bottom of the bulwark. Her focus shows her that there's some type of metal object inside the wall. Uh, she is able to get way inside the wall through like a waterfall that she sees to the side. And inside she sees that a metal object you know, that sees that the metal object is a tank and it has a power core. Um, she actually says that it's a tank before you get to it. Cause she says something like, Oh, maybe I can get to that tank now, but on the outside, you can't see that it's a tank. And I'm like, Oh man, they messed up the voice line again. So, uh, but yeah, they can clearly see that there's like, um, you know, it's it's like a tank and it has a power cell and her idea is to blow it up, but she just doesn't know how yet. So she heads back to Catalo. Here's the thing, though. She had to, like, break out a piece of the bulwark wall to get kind of... It was behind... Yeah. It was behind the actual wall. Nobody else has ever checked out that waterfall before to see if there was any way to get into the wall, any weakness whatsoever, because I'm pretty sure Draval's explosives would have been enough to bring down that wall. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like I don't think people have tried because that was like a Tanakh like the only thing that really happened there was like the Tanakh fighting each other. They don't have big explosives like that, right? Like that's more of a Osaram thing. They have they have access to Blaze. Yeah, that's true. Everybody knows Blaze explodes. <laughs> you know, everybody knows Blaze explodes. So I'm like, oh, I guess nobody actually went to go check that out. Like, oh, there's a dent right in the side of this wall. I wonder, maybe, I, you know, they're supposed to be these great warriors. I guess maybe they're not great tactical warriors. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, so, you know, maybe that's the difference between a barbarian and a Karja. You know, <laughs> they don't have those tactics. Uh, so the Katalo, he's actually now outside the bulwark, and Aloyd speaks with him. The guard said you've been scurrying around the wall like a rat. What in the name of the town have you been up to? Dakota said he wouldn't send his challengers as long as they're safe behind the bulwark, right? Don't remind me. So, we take it down. Did you hit your head on the way down here? I'm serious. There's something from the old world stuck in there, and it has a power cell. I could blow it up if I just penetrate the first layer of rock and Even metal. Even if what you're saying is true, it would take a cannon to do that. You're right. And you said the rebels were stripping them off machines back in the valley. Come on. No. I'm not getting dragged further into this madness. Hikaru ordered you to help me. You gonna defy him like that arrogant shit up there? That was an unkind comparison. Uh, so Aloy, she wants to use that power cell to blow up the bulwark. Uh, she wants to use. Uh, she wants to find one of the rebel camps and find something that she could blow use to blow up the power cell. Because uh, earlier Katalo said that they've been stripping parts off of machines. I think he said this back in Stonecrest. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, they've been ripping cannons off of the machines. She's like, well, let's go find one of those cannons and uh, use it to you know blow this thing up. So Katalo is like definitely hesitant, but she reminds him that Hikaru ordered him to help her and asked him if he was going to be like an arrogant shit like, you know, Takote up there. Uh, so he's like, no. <laughs> I just kept feeling so bad for him because he's like, that's an unkind comparison. Like the way he yeah. said it, like yeah. it was exactly like your nose, just like, no. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. So, you know, Aloy tells Katalo there should be a camp up north. And basically, her plan is for uh, him to take the rebel. Oh, hold on a second. And basically, her uh, plan is for her and him to take all the rebels. And he's like, well, you may lack sense, but not courage, <laughs> you know, which is true. You know, act now, plan later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, when they reach the camp, they find that the rebels have a tremor tusk, which this may be the first tremor tusk you see in the game. I mm-hmm. think the tremor tusk sites are either south or west of here. I know there's definitely one south, far south. There is a tremor tusk site. I know that for sure. I don't even think I fought another one after this. Oh, yeah, there's a side quest. Oh. There's a side quest where you fight yes. one. Oh, yeah. I absolutely did fight that one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was not ready for that either. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really go searching for them. This was not a fun fight. <laughs> yeah, they have. Yeah, I think there's definitely a site far south. I do believe there's another one to the west. I'm not 100% sure, but I think there's another one west. Uh, but the tremor tusks are, you know, when you first look at them, you're like, oh, this is one of those, you know, machines that Hephaestus um, probably upgraded to be like a Keller. And no, like it's it's one of those apex predators that he made, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like what he was trying to do in, in the fire break. You know, that's where, where he made our, our bear wrestler friends. Yep. He came, you know, he probably came up with these guys as well because. You know, when you look these things up on the wiki, like there is no, they are a combat class machine. 
That's what they are. And I think you get an achievement. Like it's part of the combat class machine achievement when you, when you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they're, they are 100% built to kill. I kept calling them elephants, but they're really like mammoths. That's Mm -hmm. what they're supposed to uh, represent. It's funny. I guess maybe that makes sense because they're mammoths and they're weak against frost. You know, because mammoths freeze. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, she, I looked at your face. You did not like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but it is nice that they're weak against frost because they're heavily armored. So you can get them weak and then it, it just makes it that much easier to take off their armor as well. Uh, you can remove like its tusks and the plasma cannons it has to lower its threat. Like the tusks are actually upgrade resources. So whenever you come across one, which isn't often, most of the time you have to go looking for these things. Mm-hmm. Just like the slither fangs, like they're another one you don't come across like too often. You don't fight them too often in the game. You got to go looking for them. So that's like the rock breakers in the last game. Right, where I didn't even know there was a rock breaker site and you found one. Yeah, I just <laughs> like, like ran through it. through it and I was like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, yeah, the tusks are an upgrade resource. So definitely grab those. You want to get those off of it. But, um, you know, the tusks can also be used for a bunch of different attacks. Like they could dig up like flaming boulders and throw them at Aloy. Like this thing is just, it's just dangerous, man. The plasma cannons are like a dangerous, like zoning tool. In this fight, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're in a smaller area and fighting one of these things and it's using its plasma cannons, it could really light up the entire area and leave you with not much area to walk on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also remove its salvo cannon, which that should be a priority because it hits hard. Like, you know, if 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 you're in it, like, like I said, this area is really large. This was a very good area to do an opening fight against this thing because uh, you had a lot of space to go. The next one, the next one was a large area, but not that large. And we'll get around to it. <laughs> and so the fact that this thing had plasma cannons and, uh, you know, that can zone you out of certain areas and the salvo cannons. Plus, I think it has. I do, I remember it having like a shock cannon too, where it can shoot these like shock balls and things at you. I can't remember if that's the normal one or the apex variant. Cause there is an apex variant. I don't know. I, I don't recall seeing those in this fight. So I had to fight this thing three times. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I did not have a good time. My problem was that I did not up resources so i had no chill water i had no health like berries like i was shooting this thing with basic arrows the majority of the time well did you see that there's there were um frost bellback carcasses on the ground yes so i saw that now now i saw that now but when i was playing that's what I meant. Did you see what you were playing? No. No. I saw, I think, the chill water on the ground that ended up. No, I think I did the second when I actually fought it. I saw that when I actually killed it. And then also there's a Ravager gun that's just like chilling somewhere that I found the first time I was fighting it. But like later on, right before I died. So I ended up using that, too. There's actually one of those big guns in the back, like the one of the harpoon things. 
I didn't notice it was there until oh. after I had already killed it. So if you sneak behind it, you can, sh- you can get a shot off, a few shots off. There's, there's like, a, I guess there's a harpoon too, but like looking back at the video, there's also like environmental damage, like traps that you can do while it's still All in there. On, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I was yelling at myself the whole time while watching it. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? <laughs> well, mine didn't really go to plan either. Like I was going to, I was like, okay, let me go around and kill a bunch of these rebels. And then after I kill the rebels, I will take the tremor toes down i kill like two rebels and then i go up this platform and i don't know what happens but it doesn't do the stealth it just does like a hit yeah and the guy turns around and he's like hey and like it alerts the entire camp and it it alerted the tremor tusks so i didn't really have a chance to use uh the what the environmental traps that were there i tried to get it near some uh some of the bellowbacks and I just wasn't fast enough to blow up the the sack while it was near it. Um, now it does have a sack. It does have a blaze sack on its stomach, mm-hmm. so you can blow that up. And it's strong to fire, but it still does a decent amount of damage. Yeah, I think I blew know? that up on the successful fight. My problem was Katala was like, I'm going to take all of the soldiers and you take the big guy. He was down the majority of the time. My Katala did awesome. Like when I was fighting the Tremor Tusk, I didn't see a single rebel. No. And then when I ran into a rebel, he started distracting the Tremor Tusk so I could kill the rebels. And then I went back to killing the Tremor Tusk. He did that at one point, but he was like, he kept going down. And the first try that I did, I ran out of berries. So I like ran and grabbed some and came back. And the Tremor Tusk went back in his little cave and regened all his health. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that sucks. I didn't have a good time. The Tremor Tusk was just kind of chasing me around. Like, you can kite it for the most part, especially once you get some of the weapons off. Like, I would say, because the thing is, like, it has, like, almost all burst damage. That's what it feels like. It's all burst damage. You don't want to get hit by anything this Mm -hmm. thing has. It's unlike some of the other large machines like a storm bird like some of the storm bird attacks like they're you know if you get hit by all of it it'll hurt mm-hmm. uh the thunder jaw you get hit by all the shots it'll hurt this thing you get hit by anything it's like all burst damage it'll take a, a, a night it'll take a nice chunk of your health off so i think the first thing i did the first thing i did was actually take the plasma cannons off which is the easiest thing uh the second thing i did was i was able to get all of the tusks off and so it was just trying to follow me. And those salvo cannons don't shoot straight forward. That's the thing. So if you can keep him directly in front of you, the salvo cannons won't fire. You have to be a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. Mm. And so you can still see the cannons, though. So you just um, you just put tear on them and they'll eventually come off. So once you do that, you can just kite it to death. Like, I don't think I even had muscles because I was not really shooting it with tear. Really? Okay. Or I was just being really stupid. That's that's also a big possibility <laughs> because I was like, why are you not using the gauntlet? The gauntlet's right there. Oh, did you not have a, a tear arrow at this point? 
I did. I had it very early on, but I think I was low on resources, so I didn't want to use too many tears. I ended up using none of them. I should have used all of them than none. I do this in games all the time. Like I, 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 this is this is before I realized acid was king. You know. Yeah. And like I, yeah, I used I tore everything off. Its greatest weakness is might be tear because once it doesn't have. It's 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 long range resources. The only thing it could do is if you get it close, it can start doing like the stomp. It could do something with its trunk, I think. But I do think it might have a dash that it might use. But that's an ability that's on a cooldown because it doesn't do it all the time. It just kind of walks, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it, that's it. It wasn't a terribly difficult fight for me. I know you had a different experience. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I th- even so, when this one is also unique because it, it's it's one of the trimmer tusks that the rebels control, and I do believe you can destroy the support beams that that hold up the platform on the back. Oh, and then you can get that that support beam off because I do believe, like in in some cases, the rebels will actually be up there and they'll be firing and you know stuff like that. So totally. I had a rebel up there. I was going to ask if that made a difference if you got him down because I wasn't able to get him down, I don't think. He didn't shoot at me. I, I didn't see him. Like, uh, you know, there was too much other stuff going on. Yeah, I my, didn't even the, notice. My fight happened at night. Did your fight happen at night, too? Mm-mm, it, was it was during, during the, the day. day. Yeah, I. there was so much lighting going on that I couldn't, you know, I knew where the trimmer tusk was. Right. And I, and I knew what direction it was facing. And that was the important <laughs> part. So, yeah, like I didn't I didn't see anybody on top. So, I mean, maybe he got knocked off with the tear. I can't even remember when I knocked the the um, platform off. But I definitely knocked the platform off. So. Uh, but if you do listen to the rebel banter before the attack starts. You'll hear them say they're preparing to march on the Sky Clan. So they are getting ready to attack the Sky Clan. They're probably not going to attack the Bulwark. They're probably going to take the the settlements and do exactly what we were talking about. So yeah, like looks like they were right. Like you know, he 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 would have lost his territory mm-hmm. just holding out from there. Um. So once the the Trimmer Tusk is down, Aloy is able to grab the cannon off of it, but it's super heavy. So Katalo, being the perfect gentleman, puts it on his back and he hauls it back to the Bulwark. On the way back to uh, the bulwark, uh, Katalo, he mentions that he, he didn't think they were going to survive, but it, it was nice to take the fight to them for a change. And once you get back there, Aloy uses the cannon to clear some of the rocks in front of the tank so she has a better shot. And then that's when Takote kind of comes out. Well, isn't this impressive? Two children playing siege. I hope they haven't hurt the bulwark's feelings. Come now. Stop embarrassing yourselves, and leave this poor mountain alone. This is your last chance, Takote. You can still answer Hikaru's call. This is your last chance. You have it backwards. Leave this place, Savage, now, and take this cripple with you. Can't hide behind the wall anymore, Takote. Now you have to join Hikaru. Never. Never. We will. 
We will rebuild it! Immediately! You are not safe. The Bulwark couldn't protect you from a single cannon, let alone an army of machines. The only pathway to safety is to unite against Regala with your chief! You decreed that no challenges would be sent, while the clan remained safe behind the Bulwark. So send them now, unless your word means nothing. Send them. I didn't hear you. Send the challengers. I look forward to seeing the Sky Clan's colors in the arena. So, you know, Takote comes out talking that trash. He even calls Aloy a savage, something we haven't heard since episode 30 something. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> we thought we left that behind, but now he calls her a savage. And uh, Aloy uh, gives him one last chance. So she gave him one last chance, but he didn't take it. So um, she made the tank blow up by shooting at it. And the portion that the, of the wall that the tank was behind collapsed. And it actually brought a, a large portion of, well, I shouldn't say a large portion, but it, it brought a decent chunk of the bulwark down. So most of the bulwark is still intact. But now there's a section that you could just kind of run up mm -hmm. if you want to. Like, you don't have to take the elevator up anymore to get into the bulwark. <laughs> Did you try to run up that? Because I didn't. Yeah, you can You, you can just go straight up it. Walk up? Oh. You can walk up it now. Yeah, so. Uh, so, Dakota, he's still, like, in denial about the whole thing. He's like, well, rebuild it now. And he says, come on. And I guess they're, they're going to start picking up rocks and putting yeah. it back in place. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Rocks are heavy. Like, they're heavy. <laughs> Yes, People they are. Don't realize. No, because like the decorative rocks that are you can't see me, but you can that are like like this big. Like right. it took my husband and my father in law to lift it up on a car jack to then like lift it into the back of their truck. Like Yep. And that's like the size of someone's head, like a little bit bigger. Like, you know, two or three heads. I don't know. Yeah. They're heavy. <laughs> Yeah, and we're talking about like smashed up boulder here. So Right. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess with enough people you can do anything. But <laughs> I guess I guess so. Uh, there's not that many people in that town though. They're going to end up killing themselves. Like the boulders are going to fall on people <laughs> to build that yeah. wall back up. Right. Yeah, it's a bad idea. So Katano, he does step in and he says that the bulwark couldn't protect him from a single cannon, let alone an army of machines. To be fair, Aloy did have inside information, you know? Right. At the, okay, go ahead. Yeah. But that Trevor Tusk is the same one that was going to fight against the wall, <laughs> right? So that thing's going to be shooting all of its stuff at it. It's going to hit it eventually. And if not that, like, I get the wall that is strong, but they've never had machines fight against the wall before. Like, there's no way it would have held up with just that shooting against it, with all of the things that it has. That's true. That's true. So, like, I mean, they would have had to get lucky and hit it several times, because even anyway had to shoot it three times. <laughs> that yeah. one spot. So, But they could. Uh, but Katalo says the only way to uh, stay safe against Regala is to unite against Regala and, you know, join the rest of the clan or the rest of the tribe. And he uses his own words against him. He says that he said he would not send challenges as long as the, the, uh, the bulwark kept everyone safe. 
And he says, you better send him unless your word means nothing. And at that point, Takote pretty much has no choice but to send the challengers. So he sends them. And that's that. And, you know, Katala talks to Aloy after, says that, you know, I guess they'll, they'll just have to live without their wall, but that's better than being a pawn uh, in Takote's schemes. And then he leaves to report uh, to Hikaru, and he's like, you know, I'll see you at the culvert. Or Aloy says she'll see him at the culvert. And he's like, they might need another miracle there. So that completes the Broken Sky quest line. The next quest we're going to do is the call route. You know, and I, you know, I get why they had to bring down the bulwark. It really was the only way that they were going to get Takote to go. But mm-hmm. that was still a really good tactical position that the tribe as a whole had to give up now because yeah. of this guy. Which kind of sucks. Really sucks, actually. Yeah. But at least yeah. they won't have that false sense of safety there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is, that is very true. I mean, that's assuming that any of the other tribes would have had the technology to blow through it, you know. Right. Um, I mean, we are seeing more. We are seeing more uh, of old world technology being used. Like, um, with the with the, you know, we know Regalos rebels aren't just to knock. They're also uh, Asaram that are working with them. Yeah. So. You know, so we're seeing more old world technology get used. I did think we would see more of it with the fact that all the like a whole bunch of Deathbringers and stuff like that were unearthed, like Deathbringers and Scarabs yeah. were unearthed with the Battle of Meridian. But we're not seeing that big of an increase from, you know, so far. <laughs> right. When I say so far, I mean the rest of the game. Like maybe we'll see in Horizon Zero Three. um that there's a larger impact but that's one of the things that we talked about at the end of zero dawn that you know what's going to be the impact of all these death bringers and these old world like you know war machines like coming out of the ground and we're like nothing nothing (laughs) yeah you know so we'll see but yeah, I mean, that that ends this quest and now we get to go back and report to Hikaru they get to do the call route, and that's what we're really going to focus on in the next episode. So, uh, Christina, where, where, where are you thinking right now? Where's your head at? So, Aloy is on another level. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, let's just bring down the wall. Like, what? Like, this whole thing, I was just like, dude, this is this is crazy. Like you're, you're actually going to do that. Okay. I didn't think it was going to work. And all the signs were, yeah, they're going to have to pull down this wall. Like they were there. I, but like, I didn't think it was going to work. So I don't know. It was kind of fun to go through. It was a little satisfying. Just like how, um, kicking what's his name out of uh chain scrape was satisfying. Right. Yeah. So it, it was a it was a nice little satisfying touch. And I think this was a good way to get to know Catalo because he like seems like super tough and like angry and stuff. But like he's a little sensitive dude, you know, he's just a little shy, scared to go around his town that, you know, when he's all like injured and stuff. But the fact that he appreciates Aloy for just, you know, the way that she works, like they are very almost very similar minded in in a lot of aspects so it was nice to see their relationship kind of grow in this experience as well right i mean my favorite thing about katala on this was how ready he was just 
ready to kill this guy. Like, oh, yes. All right. We, we ain't got no choice. We're going to have to kill him. Kill him. <laughs> like, like, meet me here tonight. Bring some rope. Like, you know, like, we're going to get this done. I was actually surprised that Aloy wasn't like, okay. Yeah, because, exactly like, that's like, kind of what she does, but she had another thing in mind. So, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was, that was funny. It's just like, I mean, and props to, I guess, the, 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 the facial raking team too because that mm-hmm. facial expression that he had when he was talking about killing him was like oh that's that like you know Katalo so. is easily my favorite to knock he might be like my favorite character in the game he's such a well designed character like I truly enjoyed every interaction with him yeah he is like, I don't I, I can't remember a, a single bad interaction with him I mean like at some point, like almost every character can get a little annoying, except Varl. Varl is way better in this one yeah. than he was in the previous game. Um, so even so, you know, Zoe's not annoying, even though I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like you know the, the annoying part with Varl in the previous game is him. I guess just not not believing. I guess not believing, but that makes sense because I mean you know his entire life was one way, and now in the last year it's different mm-hmm. you know and now Zoe also just being introduced to this stuff and getting this like you know download of information uh and you know she's still very much in her you know spiritual sense when it comes to the utaro stuff and i mean that yeah. reflects real life i mean somebody who was raised in a religion their entire life and you know, you open up a door and bam, the secrets of the universe are revealed. That person's still going to be religious. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. they're not going to instantly flip. Uh, so, yeah, that that's that's the thing. Uh, so, it makes perfect sense. It's just, it, it is a little frustrating, I guess, from the player perspective that it's like, well, you, we know the truth, of course, and mm-hmm. they're stuck in these old ways. But, like, no, it, it, from, it makes perfect sense that, that you know, it, it makes them people. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And people are annoying. So I agree. <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, but Katalo, no, Katalo is very much, you know, a very solid character throughout the entire game. Every interaction mm-hmm. with him is um, enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it is enjoyable. So I will definitely say that. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, I, in my playthrough, I did not come directly here. So there was actually quite a bit of time for me. Between going from the grove to hitting this spot, so at this point I'm like, all right, yeah, let's <laughs> let's move forward. At this point, because I mean, I mean, realistically, we're kind of in the middle of the game. Like when you're doing, like this is the first of the three um, uh, subordinate functions that you're getting, and I'm probably already at least maybe forty hours into the game at this point, thirty to forty hours because of all the stuff that I, I, I you know, I've been doing. So. I was just ready to move forward. So this next part, I was ready to, to kind of get it done, see what the call route was all about, see what it's like to, you know, actually capture a subordinate function and what happens when you do, when you put it back in the guy. So, but that's what we're going to, you know, be talking about next week. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to keep up with this show and uh, with, with uh, well, you know the other shows on the Mash Buzz Network, you can follow us on Twitter.com/slash/the Mash Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? 
You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also part of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy XIV content. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. You can also find me streaming on our Twitch channel sometimes at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you uh, join our Discord and you know talk to us, bring us, you know, talk to us with your comments and questions about the show, about the game. So you can join us there at mash.gg slash discord. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter or uh, you can just email us at contact at mash.gg. If you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, one of the ways you have to share the show with others and to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support further, you can do so by going to mtb.gg slash support. And you can see all the different ways to support Mash's buttons, including uh, Patreon. We have a merch store. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions available at twitch.tv slash Mash's buttons, a Humble Bundle affiliate links, and also a one-time PayPal donation link. Uh, any of those methods would be helpful. And we thank you guys very much. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash those buttons. And uh, with that, we're going to call it a night or day, depending on when you listen to this. And we will see you next week for the call route. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 